We're very blessed today. Our own Sean Ferris will be coming to bring the word here in just a few seconds. She and her husband Jeff were our youth pastors here for years, back when my children were in youth. Leah was in youth. She's a degreed school teacher, and she's a mother of four and grandmother to more than four, and we're just so blessed and honored. You're going to be blessed. She's a great communicator. Sean Ferris, we turn it right to you. Come right on. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms, stepmoms, grandmoms, one-day-be moms, <laughs> spiritual moms. Can we have all the mothers in the house stand, please? Let's give them the honor. Yay. <laughs> yes, you look beautiful. <laughs> Now I'd like, don't, no, stay standing. I'd like all the girls and the women that are still in the house, please stand up with the mothers. All the females in the house, stand, please. Clap for all the ladies, please. (laughs) Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Proverbs 31.30. Okay, you may be seated. The reason I had every female in the house stand is because a mother's heart is given to every girl. Okay? Now you may not know you have one. Some little girls are little girls that just know they have a mother's heart. And other girls, not so much. But that's okay. I have two daughters, and I'll introduce them in a little bit. My younger daughter, Taylor, Always knew she had a mother's heart. She played with dolls, did the whole baby doll thing, loved her baby dolls. They were some of her favorite toys. My older daughter, Lauren, played with dolls, but they weren't her favorite toys. Lauren loved animals. And in the summertime, Lauren would give seminars that I would videotape, and she would give these seminars on animals and their characteristics, quite detailed, And she would give them to Taylor and the pets of the house. They would be the ones watching. Sometimes the pets were used in the seminars. And we still watch those videos today because they are that good. You should come see sometimes. (laughs) Same heart, different manifestation. Because a mother's heart will manifest in different ways. Having children, loving animals, nursing, teaching, caretaking, ministering. It's all about serving and nurturing. That's what a mother's heart is. And all girls have it. (laughs) Me, for instance, when I was a little girl, I had lots of toys, and I would play with them, and I had dolls, and I would play with them too. But lots of times I did experiments on my dolls. My mother said I'd be a good doctor. Uh, I did grow up and have a short stint in in a medical profession, and then I did later get a degree as a science teacher. Uh, When I I was seven, I had the measles. That was before vaccinations. I thought it would be kind of nice, I guess, or or maybe a misery loves company, but I thought I would give my baby doll, as I was the mommy, I would give my baby doll the measles. So I took my red marker and I put red dots all over that baby doll. I mean everywhere because I had them everywhere. That baby doll 
kept the measles. Well, I healed. That baby doll didn't heal. So that baby doll didn't get played with much. I think it got thrown in the trash. So that experiment failed. So I didn't naturally have the want to be a mommy, mother's heart, natural mother's heart. I had to grow into it. I learned to be a mother. Um, I think I did okay. I have some (laughs) pretty good kids over here. (laughs) God was good. I learned. I am going to, well, before that, when I grew up to be a teenager, I did get asked by the people down the street to babysit their little kids. But I didn't get asked back. (laughs) So I didn't do much babysitting. I didn't make a lot of money. I don't think I was bad, but I don't know. But there you go. Let me pray. (laughs) Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be here on this day of honoring mothers. Thank you for the mothers and all the women that are here. I pray for everyone here that might be struggling with this day. I ask that you, Holy Spirit, would wrap your loving arms around those that are hurting today and just love on them and comfort them. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak through me, that you would manifest your love more completely and fully to the hearts that are here. Open hearts to receive, and Jesus be glorified. In your name I pray, amen. Well, I did teach junior high and high school science And one day I taught the properties of magnets, which is a typical science lesson to my seventh graders. So we spent the whole period on it. And then the next day I wanted to come back and see if the students remembered what I taught. So I walked in class and I said, class, I'm going to quiz you a little bit and see if you remember what our lesson was yesterday. So I said, my name begins with the letter M. It has six letters. And I go around picking things up. When am I? And over half the class said, Mother. (laughs) Mother, magnet, both six letters. Well, since I'm a mother, I had to give them a pass, right? (laughs) Well, I'm blessed to be a mother. I have two of my daughters here. My oldest daughter, Lauren, is here with her handsome fiancé, Jeremy. They will be married in July of this year in two months. We, we are in wedding wonderland. Yes, we are. And then I have our younger daughter, Taylor, and her equally handsome husband, Jay. They were married last year, so we've been in wedding wonderland for a while. And they have their new son, our grandson, Gavin, who will be three months old tomorrow. Yay! So those are our children, but I didn't get those alone. I have my husband, Jeff, here (laughs) of 31 years. He's the most kind, considerate, wonderful man ever. If you want to know how giving this man is, listen to Gary Kidder's testimony on Generations app, and you will find out. I also have his mother here. The best mother-in-law you could ever hope for in the whole wide world is right here, Dottie Ferris. She's been a stand-in mom for me because my mother died when I was 21. So she's been wonderful. I love her so much. So that's my family that's with me. I'm so blessed. It's a great day to be a mother and honored on this special day. But long before Anna Jarvis in 1908, she was from Philadelphia, long before she chose this day to honor mothers, God had the idea of honoring our mothers and our fathers, not just on one day and not giving by treats and presents and taking them out to lunch all that stuff is great but he said honor your mother 
and fathers always. Exodus 20:12. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the Lord, the land that the Lord God has given you. That comes with promise. That means in your heart and with your mouth, honor your father and mother, whether they were good to you or not. It's a commandment of God. All right, today I would like to speak to you on the motherly heart of God. And don't want to go there yet. I will be speaking to moms and spiritual moms, and my hope is to encourage you. But I will also be speaking to children of God. That's all of us. All of us who have had or still have mothers with us, who still need that sweet and tender love from a mother's heart. I believe that we can receive that type of love from our God. Isaiah 66:13. as a mother comforts her child, so I will, com- will I comfort you. This is God speaking using the metaphor of a mother, saying his love is like that of a mother. We're going to come back to this in a little bit. And don't look at that yet. Some of you are going to leave today with a deeper revelation of God's love for you. That is one of the most important things that we can do while we're here on earth. Receive God's love. And learn to love him back. 1 John 4.19 says, We love because he first loved us. Now you can look up there. Not yet. (laughs) God gave a unique heart to women. (laughs) Qualities and characteristics that are different from men. Did you know that? Qualities uniquely suited to mothering and nurturing. Could that mother's heart have come directly from his own heart? Look up. Then God said, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, Let us make man in our own image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. That word man is Adam, which means mankind or humanity at large, not just man. And also notice, let us. That shows us that the whole Godhead was there at the creation of mankind as he was at the creation of the heavens and the earth. That means Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All of God was imprinted on us, male and female. That is exciting. Male and female together equally bear the image of God, of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is the beauty of marriage. I'm all in the marriage world right now. It's all happening in my family, and it's exciting. But this is where two complementary sexes come together, becoming one flesh, to more fully display the character of our God. Of course, who God is is far beyond what one man and one woman can can reflect. Yet together we do bear, bear the image of the Godhead. Two women together cannot bear the image of God. Two men together cannot bear the image of God. Two men and one woman, two women and one man, however far you want to take it, it does not work. Our country is in a very dangerous position right now as next month our Supreme Court will make a decision whether or not to strike down the biblical definition of marriage. I believe every civilization, as far as I know, for millennia, has recognized marriage between a man and a woman. Let us not be the first country 
that changes that and goes against God's ways. People of God, let's pray. Our pastor has asked us to pray specifically for a Senate bill that is being voted on tomorrow, Senate Bill 2065, which is a bill that will protect clergy and church churches from having to participate in services, wedding marriages, if you call them that, that are outside God's plan. We should not have to be having to ordain services that are not biblical as a church. So let's pray that that bill gets passed. Yes. When God created Adam, he noticed that although he and God were enjoying great fellowship together, there was still something missing from Adam's life. Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And the men said, Amen. Well, that word helper is not really the best translation for the Hebrew word, which is actually two words. Ezer kenedgo. And in the Hebrew meaning, it means a power or a strength. So if you go back to that scripture, it would say, I will make a power or a strength suitable for him. Now, I know powerful women and I know strong women, and I'm not talking about physical strength. Try as they may, women have not been able to complete the Marine Infantry Officer course. It is much too grueling. This is for women to go on the front lines. I'm not saying yes or no to this. It just hasn't happened yet because women have not passed the course. It's way too grueling with what they have to carry. Women have been given 55 to 65% of a man's physical strength. That's the way God made it. (laughs) Now, some women are very strong, and that's okay, but that's how God designed it. So God has given women a power and a strength, but it's not the physical kind. It's a different type of strength. Now, husbands need their wives to be a power to them so that they can fulfill their God-given calling. I believe that. They are a strength for them. When Jeff and I were in ministry together, we did that together. We helped each other, and I was trying to be his strength, and I believe we did that together well. Jeff has been very successful in business, and I feel like I may have helped him in that by what I did, what God had me to do. Um, Another um, translation of that word is lifesaver. Could any men here say their wife is their lifesaver? Is my husband raising his hand? Yeah. Oh, thank you. You better be. All right. Uh, in the family, we see then equal partners but with different strengths. To the man, God has given strong leadership, sense of justice, security, protection, and emotional stability. While giving gentleness, tenderness, sensitivity, tenacity, hold on till the end, And great compassion to a woman's heart. It's been said that a mother has great compassion when her child skins his leg. And a father has great compassion when his child breaks his leg. (laughs) I have another example of the difference. I have a three-month-old grandson I told you about right here. Could I have him for a moment? Oh, he's sleeping. Is she? 
Oh, he's per- Do you see this child? This three-month-old baby? I'm going to hold him up before you all. What do the women say? That's right. Okay. What do the men say? Okay. Men don't say, all men say, what a good looking chap. What a strong, fine boy. Yeah. Mmm, he's precious. That's what the women say. There's a little difference there, right? The sweet and tenderness come out of the women, and the men, he's a good boy. Because mothers and fathers are gifted differently and each carry half of the image of God, then their children are able to see a more full picture of our Lord's heart. This is God's best for the family. If one parent is missing, which often happens, then a mother or father influence is important for the children. This can be grandparents. This can be aunts and uncles, close family friends that you trust. The church can step in. And be that influence that children need to see the other part of the heart of God. God is our Father, yet through the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, His love is expressed in both paternal, which is fatherly, and maternal, which is motherly, qualities. In our society, where there is so much gender confusion, please know that there is no confusion with God. While He has great compassion, on those that are struggling with gender issues. He is spirit, and who he is goes beyond gender limitations. And I am offering the motherly side of God. I'm not saying let's call him mother. The Bible specifically says he is our father. This is the pronoun we use. But we don't limit him to masculine qualities because the Bible does not limit him. God is holy and unlike us. Yet our creator also unveils his wondrous love in both feminine and masculine metaphors. Let's look at the way that mothers love and function in motherhood, and we will see that scripture shows that God loves in the very same way, just like a mother does. We're going to compare and contrast mother with God. A mother carries life nine long months and then some sometimes. My daughter knows. (laughs) hasn't been that long. The womb will increase 1,000 times its normal size before that baby is born. That is a miracle in itself. God carries us always. Isaiah 46, 3 and 4. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, who have been upheld by me from birth, who have been carried from the womb, Even to your old age, I am he, and even to gray hairs, I cover mine, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear, even I will carry and will deliver you. What an awesome promise that God carries us. To understand God's motherly heart, we need to look at his mercy. Rakam is the word for mercy. And that means womb. Everyone here has at one time been in a womb. If you got here in any other way, I want to talk to you after the service. (laughs) When you were in the womb, you were in your most safe place you've ever been. 
you were completely safe. You didn't have to worry about danger. You weren't fearful. You didn't have to worry about enemies. You didn't have to worry where your next meal came from. You didn't have to worry about shelter, about being cold. You were completely nourished and nurtured and taken care of until you came into the world and realized there were dangers and there were fears. But the mercy of God is like the womb. We are ever protected by God's mercy. He is ever faithful, just like a devoted mother who never gives up on the child of her womb, who carries that child and shelters that child, her beloved offspring, until birth. Bless you. The deep desire of God is to create new life and to protect his children from harm, to nurture them until they're mature, and for their lives to ripen, so to speak, and to bear good fruit. Now, we know that we have an enemy, and he has desires as well, and sometimes his desires win out. But our God is so good, he will use all those things that happen to us for our good so that we can still bear good fruit. He is so good like that. He will, he will use those things to mature us, and he still nurtures us. So lean into the mercy of God that is like that womb that is protecting, that carries us until the end. Let's see what else a mother does. A mother gives birth. Only women do this. Men are trying to find out what it's like, so they'll strap electrodes on them and see what the pain is like. I don't think that that's going to be the same. (laughs) You want to know the strength of a woman, you see her give birth, right? Well, God, he gives birth to us by the Spirit. John 3, 1 through 7, in the new birth. Once there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. I love how God parallels natural birth that we all come to life through and spiritual birth that we all must come into the kingdom through. This is so wonderful how he does this. Now look at this. This is exciting. Deuteronomy 30.18. Of the rock, capitalized because it's Jesus, who bore you, you were unmindful. You forgot the God who travailed in your birth. God birthed each one of us. That's exciting to me. Oh, I'll never forget the day that Taylor... Got born again. She came skipping into the house. It was November 27th, 1995. I was doing something in the kitchen, and she came skipping into the house. She had a red T-shirt on. I just remember this. And a little patchwork skirt. And she said, I just gave my heart to Jesus. (laughs) And me wanting to question to make sure, 
are you sure? What did, what, what did you do? I just gave my heart to Jesus. Well, tell me what you said to him. Well, I told him I wanted to be born. I wanted to be his child, and I, I asked him to come into my heart. She told me all the right things, and she was so excited and lit up. And I said, oh, that's great. Let's write it down in your book. <laughs> well, that was her day of salvation, and it stuck. <laughs> and it's just something that was one of those days where she knew and she shared. And not everybody has that, that landmark day. Um, but, hey, today could be your landmark day. Who knows? <laughs> A mother, what else she does? Love sacrificially. Mothers give up sleep, they give up time, they give up money, they give up cute clothes, they give up a lot. Mothers sometimes feel like they give everything they have. Well, God gave everything he had. He loved sacrificially through the cross. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is the way to everlasting life, believing on the Son. Mothers also love unconditionally. You can say what you want to your mama. You could do what you want to your mama. She is going to love you. I know I've had teenagers. I've been through it. And mothers will go through intense pain and hurt. They may show it. They may not. But they're still going to love. They may have to set boundaries and their children are adults and things are going on unhealthily, but you're going to love. You're always going to love. If I could give one parenting tip, I have so many, but I don't have time. My one parenting tip I would give is get on your knees. If I could have a do-over, that's Jeff's word, a do-over, I would pray. I mean, no, say that again. I would fear less. And pray more. I would, because I said so less, and humble myself more. Because I said so was the way that I was raised. That was the style my parents used on me, and it worked. I was a compliant child, and I obeyed. I tried that on my daughters. didn't work that well. (laughs) So I went to the books. I went to the experts. I had to do what I had to do. I prayed. I did what I did. I made lots of mistakes. But God is so faithful and good. They've grown up to be beautiful young women. Yes, God is good. God loves us unconditionally. He loves us no matter what. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Pastor Allen always tells us, there's nothing you can do that will make God love you any more. There's nothing you can do that will make God love you any less. He loves you because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you. Once we get that, we are changed. What else does God do? Well, mother comforts her children and protects them. We saw this scripture at the start. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. I love the comfort God gives us. And when I became a mother, I learned more about that. Matthew twenty-three thirty-seven. Jesus said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones, those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, 
but you were not willing. Look at the metaphor Jesus used. A mother hen gathering her chicks under her wing. I love that. God used that. Oh, this is good. A mother will persevere. Hang in there until the end. If you mothers have children that are prodigals that are out there not serving God, I bet you are praying and seeking him and staying in faith. And if you're not, I encourage you to do that. Keep praying. Keep trusting. God's promises are true. Mothers have a special heart. Not that fathers don't pray. They do pray. But mothers have that tenacity. They'll go lay across their children's bed. They'll wail and cry and do what they have to until that child comes home. That's something special that, a, that God has given to a mother's heart. A perseverance. You know, 20 years ago, we had a, what's called a presbytery. Jeff and I were blessed by the church to have elders lay hands on us. It's from 1 Timothy 4.14. It's biblical, and it's where elders will lay hands and impart gifts prophetically to you. And there were three of the elders. It was Jeff and me. It was 20 years ago this summer. They prophesied over us a long time. They gave us a transcript of it. Everything that they said has come to pass, except for one ministry that we're waiting on that we believe will come to pass. It will happen. So, yes, that's exciting. Um, one thing that completely stood out, given by one of the prophets, he comforted my heart as a mother. The girls were little. He said, I will protect your children. And then he said, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart. He gave me that promise from Proverbs. But he said, Train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old is a clarifying part of that, of that scripture. So if you just kind of take that out, train up a child in the way they should go and they will not depart. He said that other part is clarifying. So he drilled that into me at that moment and said, I will protect your children. They will not depart. I wished I had listened to that when they were <laughs> teenagers. But I, it was in the drawer. But it was a promise from God. And I listened to it. Or I, I, it came to my remembrance a couple of weeks ago. And I remembered who it was that prophesied that over me. And it, tears came to my eyes because I realized that that man is my daughter's pastor. Both of them go to a church that he pastors. And I did not tell them, go to that church. It's a wonderful church in South Lake, And that's their pastor. So is God not good? Be encouraged, mothers who are waiting. Persevere. Persevere, persevere. Because God perseveres until the last one is found. In Luke 15, there's a three parables in one chapter. I'm not going to read that. I'm just going to tell you that there is a parable of the lost sheep. That's where the man has a hundred sheep. He, has not, um, he loses one. He goes after that one and leaves the 99 behind. And when he gets that one... He comes back and he throws a party. He gets everybody together. That's about one sinner that repents and comes to Christ. And all of heaven rejoices. The parable of the lost coin. Love this because it's a woman. God says a woman has ten coins, loses one. She tears apart her whole place to find that one coin. When she finds it, does she just say, oh, yay? No, she goes and gets all her friends and she has 
a rejoicing party. And this is indicative of all of heaven and the angels rejoicing over one sinner that repents. The lost son. There's a father who has lots of money, has two sons. He's got an ungrateful young son that says, I want the money now. Give me my inheritance. He goes off. Wild living happens. He runs out of money. He's hungry. He says, oh, well, I'll go to this pig farm and I'll get some pig slop. Well, that didn't work. He didn't get any. So then he says, I'm going to go repent to father. I will tell him I will be as a hired servant. And if you'll take me back, I'll be your servant. Please, father. So that's his plan. Well, the father, in the meantime, when his son was gone, I don't think he was just having a good time with the other son and forgetting about the lost son. No, he was praying and he was laying across the bed and he was wailing, doing what he needed to do. I think the love that this father had was the kind that he gives to mothers. The persevering, never give up. My son is lost. I'm going to wait. And you know what? He was standing there looking for his son, and he saw his son a great way off. The son is far away, and he saw the son. How did he see him? Because he was looking. He was waiting for that son. He sees him, and what does he do? He runs towards him, puts the ring on his finger, the shoes on his feet, the robe, and then he throws him a party. The main thing is he was persevering. That's what God does for us. Thank you, Lord. I am almost done. Last one. A mother gives her child, her children, a sense of belonging. You belong to me. That's <laughs> what so Taylor says to Gavin. You belong in this world. God does that for us. He calls us his own. Accepted in the beloved. Isaiah 43.1. But now, says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, informed you, O Israel. You know what? You can put your name there. Let's do that. But now, says The Lord who created you, O Jeremy, who formed you, O Debbie, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. This is a promise that we can hold on to. We are God's. If you have made Jesus Christ your Lord, you are his. Believe it. And that is the end. There are many more things that mothers do, but we don't have time. We've got to go do things with our mothers. Oh, thank you, Lord. If you are saying to yourself, well, I've looked at these qualities, and my mother did not have these qualities. Maybe your mother did not give you a sense of belonging. Maybe you feel unaccepted or even invisible. I tell you, run to the Lord. He has the kind of love that he will love you with, that you need, that comes from the kind of love only a mother can give. He will heal your heart. I know, because he healed mine. My need was different. I had a father wound. I think most of us carry wounds from our childhood. My father was a good, hardworking man. He was lots of fun. But because of his upbringing, he could be harsh. And so when I looked at Father God in my mid-20s, when I became a true disciple of Christ, I thought God was harsh. And I didn't know that I could come to him and feel love. So the neat thing was I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
filled with the spirit and I felt the tenderness and the kindness and the sweetness of that part of God's love that was able to heal my heart so that when later I needed to be reparented by God, I could do that. I could receive Father's love and say, yes, you're my Father. I can go to you like that. So what I love about God is wherever your heart is, whatever need you have from God, he can be that for you. If you need the love of a mother, he will give you that kind of love. If you need the love of a brother or the love of a friend, Jesus is the best friend you've ever had. If you need the Father's love, he's that for you. He is so far beyond limiting him to one. That's why I love the three-in-one God. (laughs) He's so big and he loves us so much. So much. There's one more scripture I'll leave you with and then I will finish. John 14, 16. Jesus was leaving. He was going to the cross. And he said, And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper, the comforter, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. This is Jesus saying, I will not leave you orphans. Sometimes we feel that way, but know that God, the three-in-one God, will parent us. And he will leave us filled with his love. I'd like to pray for you. I know there's many different needs. I would like to pray that God would love you right where you're at. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every heart in this place. Lord, you know that every heart has a different need. But every heart needs your love. God, I ask that you would pour out the love that is needed in each heart. If there are any hearts here that have not been born again, Father, I ask that you would quicken their heart to want you, Jesus, and that they would come to me or one of the leaders, to Pastor Allen or one of the leaders, to say, What must I do to be born again? You must surrender your life and say, Jesus, save me. I repent of my sins and save me. That is all there is to it. I thank you, Father, for moving on hearts that need you, that need to come back to you. For hearts that need this tender motherly love, I ask that you fill them right now, your sweet, tender love. You would just fall like rain, the rain of your spirit, to touch them and fill them and change them. May we all seek after a greater and fuller revelation of who you are and your love. I thank you that you would seal this word and seal the work that you're doing in each one. 
In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you, Sean. Thank you so much. Has that expanded your thinking, thinking of God? It's a truth that's in the scriptures. Another verse that comes to mind is Isaiah 49, where God asked the question, can a mother forget her nursing child? What's the answer of that? Maybe some would temporarily. Then he goes on to say, I will never forget you. When describing his love, he compares himself to the love of a mother. Now, we know God is our Heavenly Father. He's a wonderful Father. But maybe your image of a father is that of an angry father or an absent father. God's a complete father. Numbers 23 says he's not a man, that he should lie, nor the son of man, that he should repent. Now, we know in Christ he became man, but we know in himself, pre-Bethlehem, he's not a man. He's God. He's spirit. And it takes men and women to reflect the whole nature of God. Amen. And if your image of a father has blocked you from him, my prayer today is that that barrier is removed and that you see your God loves you. Mm-hmm. And you can come to him just as simple as calling on his name, saying, Daddy. Can we just do that right now? Daddy God, Daddy God. Heavenly, father, Heavenly Father, I call on your name, I on your name. and I ask you to make me your child. Me Remove from me my sin. And anything that has separated me from you, I give you my life, and I ask you to give me your life. I receive it now by faith. It's just that simple. That's how it starts. Begin to pray like that. Draw near to him, and he will change your life. You're in a room full of people that can testify to that fact. May the Lord God Almighty, the Heavenly Father with a motherly heart, bless you and keep you. May He cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. In Jesus' name, amen.